welcome to Confidence and Creativity, a show where we encourage you to show up for yourself and express your confidence and creativity in business and in life. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy, founder and CEO of Mission Key Communications, and I'm so grateful to spend this time with you today. Let's get into the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. I am so excited to have joining me on today's show, Samson Benutu. He is a Nigerian-American-born director based here in Maryland. He is the owner of Crew Films, and he is known for his dreamy aesthetic and love for abstraction. He challenges visual norms by creating pieces that make you, well, think. (laughs) So that's how Samson describes himself. He's very modest, everyone. So just make sure that you check out crewfilms.co because he's doing some amazing, amazing projects. So thank you so much, Samson, for joining. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that intro, you know, um, <laughs> really appreciate that. But no, honestly, thank you for having me, you know, and just being able to really speak on this platform. I really hope that people are just blessed by this conversation that we have. So yes, yes. before we press record, Samson was already dropping the gems and I said, wait, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta press record first. So he, we're, we're in for a treat today. It's going to be good. It's gonna yes, be good yes. Yes. So Samson, before we jump in all the way, how has this pandemic been for you as a film director? You know, how have you been navigating that? You know, that's a tricky question because, like, it's actually been going well. So I try to, like, be mindful about, like, how I answer this question because, obviously, like, in our world, it's been crazy. There's been a lot of, like, crazy things that have happened. But in my personal life, um, things actually have been really good. And I think it's mainly because as a film director or just filmmaking in general, like, videos are extremely popular now because, obviously, like, things are shut down. You know, so video content is, like, at a high right now. So, like, that's really good for, like, people who either offer offer video services or people who, you know what I'm saying, like have film companies or production companies, like people are really like seeking after their, those um, those companies or whatever the case may be. So for me, it's actually been, it's been pretty good. Like I honestly cannot, cannot complain at all. It's been really good. Yeah, no, that that's amazing. So let's, for those who may not know, how did you even get started on this film journey? Because I know I've known you for Man. several years and we connected initially at church and mm-hmm. then, you know, I would see you pop up at events <laughs> every now and then. I would look over and say, oh, there's Samson. Okay. <laughs> but I had no idea about the entire journey that you've taken to this point. So, so yeah, yeah, can you, can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So it was actually 2011. It was 2011. Um, this is around the time where I really didn't discover like what my hobbies were. I know I used, it was like one hobby though. I had one hobby and it was like freestyling. It was like rapping. Now they're, <laughs> they may be lingering on the web somewhere. So if you search hard, you may oh, be able to wow. find it. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Don't. Yeah. A lot of people don't. That's the point. You're not supposed to. Um, <laughs> Everybody, let's Google. Okay. No. <laughs> You can try. And if you do find it, please let me know. Um, But so that was like my main hobby. So I had like a netbook, like this small computer. I used to just go on YouTube and like download like instrumentals from YouTube. And then I had like this sound recorder app that allows you to just record sound. So I would literally play the instrumental and then I'll hit record on the sound recorder and I'll just like freestyle over beats. And then I'll just like release it online for fun. So that's what like 
I actually really enjoyed doing that because I have a music background, as you know. Yeah. Yes. Sam, Sam and I used to be on the same worship team. We did. Uh, so she, she played the piano and I played the drum. So, I mean, obviously that kind of came from like my father's side because my father was a musician as well. So like music has always been something that's been extremely like important to me. It's yeah. actually my first love. Um, so that was my first hobby. But then I was just like, you know what? Like, I, I feel like this is cool, but it's not as fulfilling. So mm. I was on this like journey to like figure out like what that next thing was going to be. Yeah. So the friend of mine, um, her name is Deb. Actually, it's a friend of mine. She, I, I think we were at a cookout of some sort, and I saw her, and she had the camera. And you know, a camera like that is called a DSLR camera. A camera like that, like you don't normally see, like people just have that camera. Right. At least I didn't. Maybe no, some other people. Not- for me, I didn't That's just have friends. Right. I didn't just have <laughs> friends or like family members who just had that camera. So for me, it was almost like one of those, like, yo, like, like, can I play with it? Like, can I see it? So I took the camera. She kind of showed me a few things. And I t- like, tried to take my time with it, take some pictures. And my mm-hmm. settings were trash. Settings were horrible. Like, I got frustrated. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Maybe this is just not for me. Let me go ahead and just hand this back. Um, so I was like, didn't think nothing of it. So like a few days later, I saw her again. And she had the camera. And I was like, you know what? Let me actually, like, take my time and, you know, learn this camera. So I did that and I took my time and then I took a picture and the settings were right. The exposure was correct. And then it was just like, it was just like a, like a deep, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was like, there was just this love yeah. for just photography, just this love for just, no video, nothing, film, nothing, just photography. Yeah. So my next question was like, okay, cool. Like I, I'm familiar with this camera. Like what's my next step? What type of photographer do I want to be? So I went on this hunt of like trying to like find cameras. Like, I don't know what, there's so many different camera brands, cameras, models, all that. Finally decided just to buy the same exact camera my friend had, because I mean, I already had experience using that camera. So why not? So I bought that camera. And then I was on this journey of like self-discovery of like trying to figure out what type of photographer do I want to be? Like, what type of things do I want to shoot? Like, what do I like? And it literally just came from just me walking around my neighborhood with the camera, shooting my mom, my sisters, my siblings, shooting them around the house, just sh- shooting random objects. Like I was very experimental as a child growing up. Yeah. I, I don't know where I, I think I may get it from my father's side again, but I was very experimental. Um, so I would just try like a bunch of random stuff. Um, and, and I was already into like fashion at the time. And I'm sorry if this story is long, but I got to give you. No, go ahead. We, we want to hear the, hear, hear the whole thing. <laughs> Gotta give you the backstory. So, you know, I was into fashion at the time. Well, I still am, but it was into fashion. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try like fashion photography. You know, I really love fashion. I have a few friends who do makeup and who are designers. So it should be easy to kind of like, you know, collab on a few projects. So that's what we did. And I was literally doing that for about like two to three years, like two, three, four years of just like focusing on fashion. And in between that, like I would do like events. And obviously this is fast forward after like, I've already like decided that I'm going to like, you know, do um fast photography so i kind of like omitted a lot of information um so this is probably like two or three years from that time i kind of like started mm-hmm. so i would say 2013 2014 was when i was like really like shooting a lot of fashion stuff so i was just doing that for a while and again in between that like a lot of random jobs came from like weddings and engagement shoots and and a lot of like couple centered like jobs and that's what i was doing i was doing a lot of that to make money because even in college that was how I, I made it throughout college as a freelancer. Yeah. Like I was still taking photos and doing all these events as a college student to like get by. Right. You know, so there were times where I had no money in my account, but 
And you know, you're a college student. Who has money right? in their account? You know what I'm saying? Unless, <laughs> you know, God bless you. You know, you got some rich parents, rich family. That's great. But for me, that wasn't my story. So it's just like, I had to like figure out like how I was going to like, you know, make money. And that was the way I was making money until I graduated. Yeah. So did you study film in school? So no, I did not. So I was an art major. Um, but the funny thing was, I thought I was going to study IT. <laughs> wow. So I, I thought I, yes. Cause my dad worked a lot with computers, like mm-hmm. he take computers apart and build them and da da da. So I thought that was going to be my trajectory. You know, like I'm just going to do what my father did. Yeah. And then I got to orientation and they were telling me the classes I would have to take for IT. And they told me calc. That's, that's the only <laughs> word I needed to hear. <laughs> you were like, no. I heard calc. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, nah, I don't think this major is for me. Right. So then the lady was like, well, what do you like to do? And remember, like, I just picked up photography around the time, like my, fr- my freshman year in college. This was like around 2011. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you know, well, you know, I like photography. And she's like, oh, well, we have this major called studio art. And here's what it encompasses. And, you know, photography was one course in the program, but it wasn't yeah. like the only thing. I had to take a whole bunch of like fine art classes. So like sculpting, painting, woodshop, all the classes I, re- I really hated. I had to take all of those classes. Um, but I thank God for it because it kind of like exposed me to like different mediums yeah. that I wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. Um, so so I did all of that. But yeah, I was an art major and there was like an animation class. So that was like mm-hmm. the only class that was really like close to like film. It was like an animation class. And I actually got an A in that class. So in my head, I'm just like, okay, I'm really good at this class, but I'm I'm terrible at my you know woodshop and painting class. So you know, maybe I should kind of like go in this direction. But I, again, I didn't really think anything of it because I was strictly doing photography at the time. Got it. Um, so fast forward, you know, I graduated college and now I'm like trying to figure out what I'm really going to do to like make money, like for real now. Because obviously you got your degree and there's this new pressure on you to like actually make money right. as an adult. But even in college, and I kind of omitted this, but there were many times where people would ask me like, oh, like, what's your major? Like, what do you plan on doing when you graduate? And as an insecure photographer, you know, it's already, people already look down upon like photographers because it's mm. almost like, you know, you artsy folks are like, are not serious. Like, you know, you're not really going to make a lot of money doing what you, uh, what you love to do. I had people tell me to change my major, you know, I had people discourage me from majoring in art. Wow. And in that moment, like I had a, I had a choice to either, you know, believe in myself and continue this journey of like, you know, photography and actually pursuing what I love to do. Or to go on the journey, listen to the person that told me not to change my major and then embark on this journey of doing something I hate doing, but financially, you know, I'm comfortable. Yeah. So, so, so what, what helped you with that, with that choice, you know, especially as a guy, you know, traditionally it's like, okay, guys are supposed to be the one, you know, man. financially stable, you know, so, so what made you, what helped you make that decision? So I think for me personally, I always told myself, like, at the end of the day, like, I want to be true to myself. Yeah. There were many times where I got made fun of for the way that I dress, for like just certain things that it's really easy to, like, discourage you, really easy to, like, break you as a person because everyone has their individual interests and likes, right? But a lot of us are afraid to express those things in public because we're afraid of being judged. Like, for Mm. example, if you see uh, a young man or young lady with, like, neon hair, you know, like you would look at them like, yo, like what's good with this person? They're, they're wild. Like I wouldn't do that. Like you would tell yourself like I wouldn't do that. But in my head as me now and as me, like I would say forever, it's like I will always like look at someone that's able to do something I felt like I couldn't do because it shows how secure they are. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like they can wear certain things, they can do certain things, and they're not afraid to of the backlash that may come with it. They're not afraid of being judged. They're like simply just comfortable with who they are. Yeah. So again, I always told myself, like, no matter what, like no matter who talks about me, whatever the case may be, like I'm still gonna stay true to like who I am. You know, so I think in that moment, again, I had a decision to make. It's like I can either listen to this person and be miserable, or I can stay true to who I am and mm. pursue something I actually love. And and at the time I wasn't even saved. As of I wouldn't say I, I was a Christian, I was raised in a Christian home, but I never like accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah. So I mean I was a Christian, but it was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna trust God. Like it is what it is. I'm going to just believe in myself, you know, to, to get this thing done. And that's what I did. Like I simply just decided to just trust myself and really yeah. just believe God that I'm going to faith journey. And I mean, I'm just going to hope for the best. That's all I really had. All I wow. had was faith, faith and then confidence in myself. And I, yeah. maybe sometimes that's all you really need to like, you know, really see what the Lord has for you. Like really fulfilling your purpose is just having the confidence to do it, the boldness to do it and just trusting him. And for me, that's what I had. And that's how I persevered in that moment to like, I'm just going to just continue to go with what I feel like is for me. So yeah. that's how I did that. No, but, that so. that's excellent. So I know that you have a very interesting um, entrepreneur story. So you just launched, well, you, you've had your business, but you actually launched it full time um, in the middle of the pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, so how yeah. did that happen? And, you know, how did you even get the courage to, to do that? Man. So it's funny. I, I started the business 2019. I was still working on my nine to five at the time. And I was, a, I was on the flight and, you know, I was bored, you know, and I was already thinking around, around the time that I wanted to like start my own company. Mm -hmm. So literally it started off just on the airplane. I opened up Photoshop and I started just working on the logo, like the name, like I didn't have a name, nothing. I was just like, let me just, you know, work on something while I'm in the air and I'm bored. Wow. So I did that. And that was kind of like the birth of like the company. It was just started off on a flight, made the name logo, all that stuff. And then fast forward, you know, I'm still at this nine to five. And I believe like, man, like I'm, I'm really passionate about, you know, obviously film, but even at the nine to five, I was still freelancing at my nine to five, you know, Got so it. any opportunity I had to like still make extra money while I was at my nine to five. And it didn't like clash with my nine to five. Obviously, I would take on that job. So yeah. I was still working. I was still freelancing. People still knew me to like, you know, do film and stuff like that. So they hired me for certain jobs. Um, so fast forward 2020, I would say 2019 is when I started praying about the move. Like I was mm. ready to make a transition. So before the pandemic, I was ready to make the transition, but I didn't know the right timing of when I should leave, you yeah. know, and I didn't want to leave prematurely. Um, cause you know, you really don't want to make any like emotional decisions. Yes. Sometimes a lot of the times that doesn't really lead to, to wise decisions at the end of the day. Very so true. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So I had to be extremely patient. There were times where I was really discouraged at work where I'm like, I'm not really working on stuff that I feel like working on, working long hours, just really not at the happiest place yeah. in my, in my life, but still deciding to like persevere and still like having to tell myself and encourage myself like, Hey, you know, this is almost like a training ground, you know, mm. like. I thank God for that job, you know, because at that job, I was able to learn so much. I was able to learn how to lead yeah. people, you know, learning how to work on tight deadlines, just learning how to have crucial conversations with certain individuals. So all that stuff kind of like equipped me for that, um, for this next journey. So yeah. again, so that's like 2019, I would say like fall 2019, I'm like really praying about it. And then like 2020, I would say 
say like February is when I'm like, okay, I think I know when I'm going to leave. And this again, before the pandemic, I told myself, you know, I'm going to leave in April. So I made sure to give my job like a good like month and a half. So mm-hmm. Heads up, but hey, April, you know, it's going to be, you know, my last, my last month, my last, yeah. you know, my last month at, at the job. And obviously like, you know, it was shocking for a lot of people. And even for me, I was like, man, I'm really doing this. Like, this yeah. is actually kind of scary, but I'm excited at the same time. So March comes, right? So the month before, you know, I'm getting ready to to leave, we're hit with this pandemic. Mm. That's when things are starting to shut down a little bit. And we're, everyone is starting to really like learn about this new thing. So in my head, I'm just like, man, this is the worst timing because I wanted to leave. Right. Now, now I'm feeling like I can't leave because like I'm hearing about like, you know, people losing their jobs you know, businesses like closing down, yeah. uh, obviously it's early in the pandemic, but it, you were still hearing about these things. Right. At least, at least like stores closing. Yep. Um, and businesses closing. So for me, I'm like, uh, uh, as a man, you know, and I'm married, I have a wife. I'm like, I don't really know if this is wise to leave at this yeah. time. Maybe. And I was even, you know, discussing it with my wife, like, Hey, maybe I have to stay a little bit longer. And that for me, is like, I'm the type of person, like when I have my mind set on something, like I can be very stubborn and I don't want to like, I don't want to have to adjust. You know right, what I'm right. Like, <laughs> I was focused on this. I want to get this done. I, I want to do it. But I couldn't like have that attitude as again, as a husband, because this can affect, this will affect my household. Yeah. I didn't really, really be like wise with how I was going to go about making this decision. But, you know, I prayed about it and, you know, I still had a piece about it surprisingly. You know, I was like, you know what? I really feel like the Lord is still calling us to, to make this move like surprisingly and, you know, my wife was nervous, but, you know, um, we were on the same page about it. Yeah. And then I, I had that meeting, you know, and I told them, because even like the, my employers, they thought I was still, I was going to stay longer, mm. obviously the pandemic, but I had to let them know like, Hey, you know what I told you a few months back, like I'm still, I'm still leaving at the time I said I was going to leave. Yeah. And they, they were still shocked. Um, and April comes around, you know, I making sure that, you know, I finish all the projects before I leave and April comes and, you know, it's literally my last month. And I'm done, you know. Wow. I'm on this new journey. Um, so yeah, it was it was scary. I'm not gonna lie, I don't wanna like sit here and be like, man, it was just easy peasy. Right? <laughs> I just I just went into it, no fear, just trust the guy. Like, I mean, I definitely trust the guy, but I was still afraid. Like, I'm like, what if this doesn't work out? You know what I'm saying? Like, and some people were like even trying to like have conversations with me to like let mm-hmm. me know, like, hey man, like, do you really feel like you know this is wise? Like, you sure you want to go through with this? And I'm just like like again, I can be stubborn and it's like, yeah, I really, I really feel like, you know, this is it's the right time. Like really believe yeah. like this is what the Lord is calling me to do. So again, I made that leap of faith and here we are today. Wow. Know, here we are today. So that that is amazing. I I just love that story. And just because I think, I mean, it takes so much courage. And it's like when you hear when you see someone else's business that's doing well and it's like they're doing what they love and you're just like, oh my goodness, that's so great. But it there, it's not like an overnight thing, first of all. And then there's so much decisions that you have Man. to go through personally. And especially if you have a family, you know, that just adds a whole other layer to it. And, yeah. you know, even I think being a believer adds another layer to it because you're like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, using wisdom. I want to make sure that I'm not just, you know, going after this fantasy, but, you know, so really just trying to even discern between that and, yeah. you know, friends and family and maybe even mentors that might be trying to direct you. And you're just like, okay, yeah. who? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> right. People telling me different things. I'm like, yeah. Lord. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is something that kind of kept you grounded even through that decision making part? Because I, I just don't want to skip over that. Um, I think for me, it, it kind of reminded me of that college experience. It's just like, and at the end of the day, like people, it's really easy for people to discourage you because, again, they can't see themselves doing what you can do mm. or they can't see themselves thriving if they were to make the decision that you're trying to make. Like Everyone's yeah. different. Like some people could have made that same decision and maybe would not have thrived, you know, right. or it would have took them way longer, you know? So it's just like, again, for me, it's just like, I trust the Lord. You know what I'm saying? I, I really, I truly believe that he's calling me to embark on this new journey. I feel like I've learned as much as I was supposed to learn at my nine to five. Um, and again, there were many times where, again, I was discouraged having to tell my, to encourage myself, but I, I had to tell myself like, this is like, again, training. Yes. I'm, I'm essentially getting paid to learn. And yeah. then like, sometimes that may not always be comfortable. And I really want to make sure I'm talking to like people who are in nine to fives now who want to leave their jobs and feel like they're waste, they may be wasting their time or they feel like this has nothing to do with what you actually want to mm. do. Like, obviously, just tell yourself that you're not going to be there forever. By God's grace, you won't have to. And at the same time, just like ask yourself, like, what am I supposed to be learning while I'm here? Yes. You know, like what key principles or what like organizational skills can I learn or leadership skills can I learn while I'm here? Because there are certain uh, things that our job requires us to do that we don't personally do in our personal lives. Right. You know, whether that's being organized, whether that's living by a calendar. Like just small things that you have to do at your job that can bleed into your personal life and actually make things, you know, a lot more efficient for you as yes. a person when it comes to your productivity. So again, like these are all the things that I have to like encourage myself in to like to make this move. And and honestly, I think again, it's just really just trusting the Lord. And obviously seeing the fruit of like me be, being able to freelance. Like, mm. you know, if I didn't if I didn't have any like <laughs> freelance jobs coming in at all. Like my nine to five was literally my only source of income. Then again, I feel like that deciding factor would have changed a little bit. Maybe I would have again waited a little longer to save a bit more. Got it. So if money didn't come in, then you know we still have a cushion to live by. Yeah. I think also because looking looking at the fruit of like okay, cool, like you know I was still able to like gain relationships with certain clients while I'm a nine to five that I can now tap into a lot more when I'm you know when I leave and even like having conversations with people like. Even if it's selling like a um, sending out a newsletter, newsletter like, hey, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm officially full time now. You know, I can now take on more projects. Because right. some people literally can't hire you or give you work because they know you have a nine to five. So obviously they go somewhere else. But when people do know you're like, okay, you're now available. Then again, like that's more business opportunities for you. So for me, yes. it's just like I had to think about all of this stuff. Like we even my wife and I had to sit down and ask ourselves, like, okay, cool, like what retainer clients can we gather before we leave? And retainer clients essentially Good. like just clients you do work for on a monthly basis right. on a certain contract based off like how many things they're going to be getting a month and how much you'll be getting a month based off like what you're doing for that particular client. So for us, we're just like, you know, if we can get like three to four retainer clients a month, that will, you know, definitely meet the income I was making before and right. above that. Um, so again, it's like, I didn't, I, I didn't just go into it just like blind. Like I'm just going to, Take this. Take leap. the leap, right? Lord, you just take the wheel. <laughs> it's like no, like I believe the Lord, and I definitely believe He's going to do His part. But obviously, like you know, we have to do our part as well, and that yeah. comes with the wisdom aspect of decision making. Is just making sure that you are doing what you need to do to make sure you're setting yourself up to win. And that's yes. one thing. Like I'm a true advocate of just hey, you know, like just make sure you're setting yourself up to win. It can be a small things. 
again, organization, whether that's becoming an LLC, getting your taxes right, like make sure just certain things is making sure you have an order before you make certain decisions. So right. I would I would say that. And again, even it's crazy because going into like 2020, like my wife and I, we had this goal of, and this is kind of like jumping forward a little bit, but like having this goal of being debt free. That's um, awesome. So that was also a deciding factor. Like, man, like I don't we ain't gonna reach that goal anymore if if I decide to like you know leave my nine to five. Yeah. And for us to still be like you know pay off our debt in December 2020 to be debt free wow. after leaving you know my nine to five in the pandemic, man, it's just so many things that don't make sense. But I can always just attribute it to like you know, this is just God. Like I have no mm. other. It's not my own works. You know, it's really just being wise, trusting the Lord making you know critical decisions and and being intentional with you know how we decide to move you know it's, it's all like a formula in a way where there's certain things that you know i just have to make sure that i'm doing for the lord to be able to do what yeah. you know, he needs to do so yes now what an amazing testimony that i mean to be full-time entrepreneur debt-free i mean that is a testimony for sure and your wife is a full-time entrepreneur as well right yeah yeah, so I left in April and my wife was able to leave in June. So she didn't really wow. like her job. Um, you know, and it's something that we've always discussed. Like, man, like again, she just didn't like her job. I'm just keeping yeah. it up that she didn't like yeah. her job. So for me, you know, as a husband, and we we, you know, we shared one car, we still share one car. So it's just like you know, having to drop her off at the station and her commuting to work, like even that in itself was like, man, this sucks. Like having to even just see that. Yeah, knowing that she didn't like that. So mm-hmm. I, it was always a dream of mine to be able to like, you know, if my wife can leave her job and, you know, financially we're at a place where, you know, we can both leave our jobs, then let's do it. You know? And again, I left in April, this is June. So it's not like a huge Woo! gap. <laughs> there, wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't like this huge gap. It was also, it was also a faith wall. I'm not going to say it and, and say like, yeah, we made a hundred, and fifty thousand dollars in one month. Right. No, but again, it was a faith. It was a faith decision. It was a faith walk. And again, financially at the time, we were okay. You know what I'm saying? We're okay. So that's why we we're able to like make that leap mm-hmm. in wisdom. Like, hey, okay, well, cool. We have some cushion. But yeah, she was able to leave her job in June, and there was no better feeling as a husband to be able to, you know, provide an opportunity like that for my wife. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, it's an amazing feeling. And yeah, we both worked for the for the company full time. So that is awesome. That is so, so awesome. So talk about a little bit about your company. And like, as you were saying before, you know, there was a time when artists and creatives weren't really that as respected, but now, (laughs) I mean, it's like everybody is a creative, everybody is an artist in some type Mm -hmm. of way. And so it's almost seems like everybody is doing some type of production. So mm-hmm. what made you think, okay, this is where I'm seeing that I can bring value. And, you know, this is how I see my company being needed specifically. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I, I never mentioned, but before this nine to five that I've been like talking about, I had a previous nine to five. Um, so even at that nine to five, it was a video position. So I was basically um, a media specialist. So a lot nice. of video pro- um, production, a lot of video editing. Um, but even while I was at that job, so that was my first, my very first nine to five post college mm-hmm. was that job. So even at that job, like I met so many different types of creatives, like graphic designers, nice. um, mo- motion designers, like just a whole field of people. But even then I wasn't like the happiest, obviously I wasn't the happiest. 
And I, but I knew the talent that was at that job. So I had yeah. this desire to like for team building. And I was just like, like there's so many different types of people here. We're all millennials. We're all working on these projects that we don't really like, like let's leave and form our own company. Like I'm literally, <laughs> I'm literally like, I'm at work. And we had this like, you know, communication app that we use. I'm like, I'm like, DMing, I am DMing people like, yo, like, how would you feel if like, we, you know, we did this and we started this and yeah. we collab on this. You know, and obviously a lot of people, they're not as like, you know, risky as others. So some people are like, nah, man, like, you know, I'm cool. I'm, I'm good, good right. Some are like, you know, they're a little interested, but I mean, yeah. obviously we never like made a team out of the, out of the people that I was working with, but I'm just contextually, it's just mentally like where I was at was just like, yo, like I want, even before I officially launched the production company, I always had this desire to like, you know, like cultivate and, and, have a place for like people to thrive as a creative, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And to be able to like produce content that we can provide, you know, like yeah. for different businesses and companies. Um, so like just just fast forward, even now it was like um again, just having the courage to be able to build teams, provide opportunities for people of color, you know what I'm yes. saying? African Americans, like being able to provide those opportunities for people and Little do we know, like, there's someone that is counting on your decision to start something mm. because later down the line, someone's going to benefit from that, whether they're now going to become employees or whether they're going to benefit from your actual service yeah. um, or your product that you provide. So it's just like, for me, it's like, I had to start thinking past myself. Like, it's no longer about me, but it's about like, okay, what legacy can we, can we leave behind? You know, like what Good. opportunities can we provide for people? So for me, it was just like, once I realized that, you know, there's potential there there's like talent around me that, you know, I can tap into for me, it was almost like a no brainer. And yeah. I think again, just having a place for people to be able to thrive. And that kind of like, it's our, our main focus as a production company, even now with the people that we hire, because contractually we, we contract our, you know, the people that we work with on set. Mm -hmm. So right now the only, it's only my wife and I that I like work for the business full time, Got it. But like on set, like it's a whole bunch of contractors that we normally work with. Yeah. But even on, even on set, like set culture is very important to me. It's very important to my wife, very important in our company because people will invest a lot more into like what you have to offer when they feel respected, you know, when they feel heard, when they feel like they have a voice, you know, for me, like, again, that's very important to provide that atmosphere yeah. because people want to come back to that, you know, because yes. the moment you're a jerk, you're mean, you know, you're very disrespectful. Who wants to work with someone like that? Right, who wants to come right. back to that type of environment? And, you know, so that's, that's one thing, like, if I ever was to start a company, and again, before I started a company, I'm like, these are the things that I, I need to make sure that, like, live in our company. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, honor has to live, you know, like, respect has to live in our company. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, creativity and, and acceptance has to live in our company. So, and as you work for different companies, you get to pick and choose, like, what you want to now take on for your right. own self and for your own company and things that you don't want to take on. And I think for me, like staff culture was very important to like make sure that people actually enjoy what they're a part of. Because yeah. again, when people do enjoy it, they're willing to like put their blood, sweat, and tears into it and still feel like it was worth it at the end of the day. So, you know, as a company, we just always just make sure that even down to like the people that we do hire, you know, they embody that in a way. And obviously, like I don't want to be the type of person, even personally, that's like extremely talented, or people say you're extremely talented, but like, but there's a but to it, you know, like mm. oh, so and so. Is very very talented, but you know he or she is very rude, or he or yeah. she has a bad yeah. attitude. And it's like you almost you almost feel like 
you know, it's impossible for people who are extremely talented or extremely successful to be like a very nice person. It's, it's almost like you feel like, you know, they had to be a certain type of way or be mean or be rude to reach their level of success. And maybe, right. I don't know, maybe that's the case for certain areas and certain industries. But for, I know for me, especially in the film industry, where there are a lot of rude directors, mm. a lot of the actors that we watch are not the greatest to work with on set. But we don't wow. know that because we're just watching them act. But then right. personally, it's not the greatest. So again, so this like I try to think of a lot of things, you know, working for nine to five, now learning that, OK, now that I'm starting my own company, I know what it's like to be on the other side working for someone yes. where you may not necessarily like, you know, the work that you're doing or the people that you may be around may not be the greatest culture you know so that's very important very important to me very important to again our company and just always making sure that again people feel like they have a place to thrive people feel like yes. they have a place to experiment but like i always like just you know there's an idea you have everyone knows their role so like I, I don't expect like everyone to come up to me and be like hey you know i think we should try this you know but at the same time if they do do that then it's just like hey you know like Let's let's see. Let's try. Right, right. It works great. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But again, just making sure like people have some voice, but they know their role at the same time. Right. <laughs> but they have a voice, you know, when they're on our set. So yeah, culture is very important. Um, yeah, it's just very important to us. It's very, yeah. Very no, no, that's amazing. So talking about, you know, the team building and the the leadership aspect of your company, how did you always see yourself as someone who was able to, you know, lead teams and build teams like that? Man. You know, where did that, where did that confidence come from for you? It's funny. When I, I was very insecure growing up, um, just in terms of just, <laughs> just like purpose. Again, it's just purpose. Yeah. So I don't, I don't feel like I really had that. I was already confident in who I was. So I was insecure, but I still had confidence in like, in my, like, my likes. You know, but I wasn't like secure in like what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. I just knew certain things I liked. So I just yeah. had to put that out there. Um, but again, I, I think as far as like leadership goes, I think that really it was at the nine to five that I discussed. Like I didn't really have any leadership roles before that, before my second nine to five. Yeah. The first nine to five, I wasn't really leading a team. I was just I was under someone. Right. You know. But then when I got to that second out of five, I now had to be the one to lead. And that yeah. was very that was very uncomfortable for me. Very uncomfortable. Because I'm like, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I feel, you know, I feel like it's hard to teach someone when again, with even this whole film stuff, again, I didn't go to school for it. So like having to now teach people what I know based off of what I think looks good. Or right. What I think sounds good. But I don't have any like the technical terms to like why this you need to do it this way because right. x plus b to the y square equals <laughs> this and if you do this you're going to always get these results it's right like, right so, so sam like why do you why do you like like light your videos this way or like why do you compose your shots this way and it's just like i don't have any deep revelation for any of you it's mm -hmm. like literally again i had a self i self-taught myself through youtube yeah a lot you know that wow. was my school um so i just have to throw that out there so again imagine having to lead a team of people off of you learning from YouTube and you having no true like uh, education as far as like the traditional school yes. way of, of getting an education. I didn't have that. So that's why when I started insecure, I was really insecure when it came to leading because I just felt like I didn't have a true way of teaching people what I knew because I just learned it on the fly in a sense. Got um, it. But I had to like now t take what I did know and try to like streamline it, you know, like try to like create systems to be able to like 
to give to people when they join our team. Because at, yeah. my, at my last job, I led, I was a creative director actually at my last job. And I had to lead a team of photographers and videographers, you know, and at one point it was graphic designers as well. Wow. I didn't go to school for graphic design, you know, I didn't, you know, but I had to lead, you know, I had to lead a team of people that all like were interested in different things that I yeah. didn't go to school for. Right. So right. I, it was, it was really tough. It was really tough. But I, again, I thank God for that job because it really put me out there to be able to like do things that were uncomfortable mm. again, to equip me for things I didn't even know that I was going to be doing in the future. So like, again, growth is uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable, I, I think I heard a quote one day, like if you're not uncomfortable, like you're not growing. And I honestly think Good. that's true. Like I feel like if if you're doing something that is really easy for you to do, if you're doing something that doesn't necessarily challenge you, then can you really measure your growth there? Like can you really tell yourself like, man, like I've, I've, I've learned this new skill or I've learned this new way of thinking. It's not always like learning it's not always simply just about obviously like a skill, but it can just literally, literally be your perception. Like I've learned to think a different way. It's not always like I've learned to shoot this. or I've learned to play this instrument. It's like, no, I just learned to like see money differently. You know, <laughs> I just learned to see like team building differently. It's not always like an actual skill set that you have to learn for you to actually learn something that's actually extremely pivotal to your growth as a person. Yes. So like, it's really a combination of like learning again, how to lead, learning how to, you know, again, I would just say learning how to lead and leading in confidence was like huge for me. And, and again, it really, I felt exposed a lot of the time. People would ask me questions and I'll be like, you know what? I really don't know the answer to that question, <laughs> but I will find out who does and I'll get back to you. Right. And it takes right. a lot of humility. It takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of transparency. And that's, again, that's one thing that I also try not to pretend like I know everything. Like that's another thing when people people are willing to like follow leaders who are transparent and who are mm. honest about even their own, you know, incapabilities, yes. you know? And it's like, I don't always have it together. I don't always know what I'm doing, but you know, we're going to figure this out together. And I think because I had that attitude and that mentality as a leader at my former job, it really allowed people to trust me. I mean, yeah, it really allowed people to trust me and they felt safe. Like they felt yeah. like they can come to someone that's not afraid of being vulnerable, you know, with their insecurities. And not every single thing I would like lay out on the table because as a leader, you still got to lead, you know? So there are certain people to talk to when it comes to certain aspects of your insecurities, but right. it's like still letting people in to the point where they feel like they can connect to you. And that was yeah. important. So wow. it wasn't easy, but it was like throwing yourself out there, sometimes being forced. It wasn't like I had a choice. It was like a part of my job description. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if your employer is telling you, you got to do something, if you want you that check, figure it out, right? <laughs> You want that check? You got you got to figure it out. Whether you like it or not, you got to figure yeah. it out. For me, I was yeah. like, I do not like this, but you know, I I, I got to feed myself. I got to feed my wife. You know, so yeah, it was uncomfortable, but you know, it was definitely worth it. Looking back at it, it was definitely worth it, and I'm glad that I was I was forced to do it. To be honest, yes, yes. No, that that is amazing. So, any advice, I guess, for people who are kind of in that. You, and you've given some already, but just in that space where they might not be sure what direction to go. So like they have a creative dream, they have a creative goal, they're seeing all these other people. What is your advice to them? Because I, I just feel like now we're in this social media space. We're kind of in yeah. this quarantine space still. And all you see is what other people are doing, what other people are mm. doing. So What's your advice for people who are kind of wrestling with where they see themselves creatively? 
Delete Instagram. <laughs> delete Instagram. Just get off. No, I'm just kidding. That, that may be the solution for a lot of people, but um, I would say for me, it was just like looking at the fruit of things that I were that I was doing. You know, so a lot of us are trying to figure out like where we're good at, and once we figure that out, we're trying to figure out like how to make money off of that thing. And sometimes it's harder to discover like how to make money off of things you like than other you know professions. So right. it's not always going to be an easy journey. Like sometimes it is going to take some time to to actually figure it out. But I think you know you, you have to try, and that's that's one thing that I always like tell people around me. It's just like number one, try. Like you would never know you're good at something if you don't try. Like there's no way I would have known that I would be good at what I'm doing now if I never just tried to learn that camera that my friend had or try to learn that instrument. Like if I just stared, if I just stared at an instrument all day and expected to like get better at it, I would be deceiving myself. Like I would have to pick the instrument up and and try. So for a lot of us who are like, you know, who want to pursue certain things, the first step is just trying. And I heard a quote one day and I live by this quote. It's like, don't be afraid to be an amateur. Like people are so afraid to like, be new at something people are so afraid we all wanted to be masters at our crafts immediately and it's just like look like everyone that you may be comparing yourself to and i know we hear this all the time like they may have been doing it for 10 years 15 years 30 years five years two years either way they've been doing it longer than you have you know so contextually like you have to think about that like why does my work look like this why does my music sound like this like why am i getting these results when my peers are getting these results mm. did you ever have a conversation with those peers you know like do you know those peers personally like there's no way for you to really know if you don't know these people personally to know like right. how long they've been doing that particular thing that you're comparing yourself at so again I, I would say like comparison is that in itself is a thief of joy you know what i'm yes. saying like if i like try to take breaks off of instagram if you can Try to delete Instagram for a few weeks at a time. If if it's really a distraction for you personally, then it's just like set yourself up to win. Like you know yourself more than anyone else does. Like you know what triggers you. Like you know what discourages you the most. Yes. And if you want to set yourself up to win, then it's just like, okay, maybe I need to take a break from this thing to really like focus and lock in on this thing I'm trying to learn or this thing that I'm trying to get better at. Because some of you already may know what you're good at, but you just want to get better at it. Again, it's just taking breaks from social media, taking breaks from things that it's not always social media. It can just be, it can be things in life can discourage you. Whatever yep. that thing that's discouraging you, it's like, it's really just reevaluating, reflecting on why it's discouraging you and really trying to get to the root of the issue. But I would, yes. my advice would simply be to like, just try, you know, like, don't be afraid to fail. Like every time you fail, it's a step closer to like you being better at that thing. And then I would also say just like not being afraid to be an amateur, like, when you start something, everyone that's good at something that you may, the person that you may look up to, they weren't always good at that thing. Right, they used right. to suck at that yep. thing that they're now like glorified for. Yeah. Like you got to understand, like they weren't always like that. And I feel like, the, again, things shift when it can just shift based off how you think. Like if you just change your like perception and your perspective on, on skills and having yes. a skill set, I feel like that would really help you to have a lot more grace over yourself. Mm. A lot of the times, like, obviously we're our biggest critic, so we don't do things because we are telling ourselves that we're not good enough, but we're telling ourselves that we're not capable of doing it, so we don't try. Or, we, you know, a lot of things is just mental. So I think once you get past, like, the mental hurdle hurdle of, like, you know, whether that's discouragement, depression, or whatever the case may be, then I feel like, again, you're a step closer to, like, actually being 
great at whatever that thing you're trying to do. And again, it's not always going to be an easy journey, you know, like yes. it's, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of like, you know, reaching out to people, asking mm. questions, you know, if YouTube can help you, YouTube is a great resource. You know, Google is a great resource. The people around you, they're a great resource. So yes, yeah, just try, try guys, try, try, try. If it's not working, then it's okay. You know, and I think that's also okay to like move on and maybe try something else. Like yes, pe- people can, can be so fixated on like, I, I want, I, but I want to be a photographer. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, I understand you want to be that. And if it's, if things are just not clicking, yeah, then it's just not clicking. Like, you know, like there's so many things in life to be good at. Yeah. And I think once you get fixated on being great at just one thing, that's when you put yourself in the box. And I'm mm. a personal believer of like, I don't believe none of us are, are just talented at just one thing, you right. know, but because of your, because of each of us deciding to like focus on one thing, you miss out on all the other things potentially that you could have been good at. And that's mm. one thing I'm even afraid of. Like what if I like dedicate or devote like too much of my life to film and I miss out on the music side of my life or I miss out on the teaching side of my life or I miss wow. out on another skill that I didn't know was there because I yeah. was so fixated on one thing. And I was having this conversation with my wife the other day, like, what if we can really devote our lives 10 years at a time mm. to something? So like every, like every 10 years, so 10 years, I'm going to focus on photography. Cool. That's a 10 years. Now I'm going to focus on uh, music. All right. I'm 30 years or I'm 30 years old now. Okay. At 40, I'm going to focus on teaching. Okay. I've been teaching for 10 years. Wow. So like you have this life of, you're so like diverse and so like it's you're like so there's so much depth to who you are. Yeah. You've just tried your hand. And I'm not saying to like try to be this like a magician and, and be great at every single thing, but it's like even if it's just to focus on like seven things or five to four things that you can dedicate 10 years at a time to doing that thing. Hmm. At the end of that 10 years, you may not necessarily be a master at it. You may be a master at it. You know, 10 years is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of time. Yeah. But it may not necessarily always be enough for you to be a master at something. And again, like I had this conversation. I'm just like, man, like what if we really lived our lives that way and really just saw, I personally believe like we really got to see everything we were designed to like do Yeah. because yeah. we didn't focus on just one thing. So wow. that would be a person that lived uh, a very interesting life and a life that's full again of just they just have so much depth to who they are because they dedicated so many years to different things. So I, I don't know if I, I wow. may do it. I may try. Yeah. We'll see. We'll wow. See I have, I've never heard that. I've never heard that philosophy. No, that, the, I think that's a really interesting way to approach it, especially for people. Cause now, you know, the, the cool word is what multi hyphenate. Right. And I think, you know, sometimes you can get like, Oh, I need to do all these 10 things now. And so you wind up not even getting to any level of mastery because you're trying to put your hand in too many things. So I do think that principle of saying, Hey, no, we're going to focus on this one thing for this set period of time. And then, plan transition into something else. And I mean, you might not even know what it's going to transition into, but I think that helps you lose that FOMO, you know? <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, for real. Cause I feel yeah. like I have that. I was literally just telling my wife the other day, like, I really feel like I have FOMO, but mm. my FOMO is a little, my FOMO is different. My FOMO is more so like a certain lifestyle when I live, you know what I'm saying? Like, and this may be carnal. This may be for all you people who are out there, but <laughs> I, I have a certain lifestyle I want to live. Right. That's so, real. I would hope like everyone would strive to like 
a certain lifestyle. I'm not saying we all have to strive towards a certain lifestyle. I mean, a specific lifestyle, mm-hmm. but like strive to like, you know, a lifestyle that you truly desire that you're currently right. not living. So whatever that is for you. But for me, it's just like, I, I strive to live a certain lifestyle, but then I fear not being able to live that like, like not soon, but ever, you know, mm-hmm. like, let's say like you want to live like a multi-million dollar lifestyle, not like super lavish, yeah. but like just, again, just legacy, right? Yeah. Being able to leave things behind, being able to have you know, bi- a lot of businesses to employ a lot of people. Like right. that's the type of life I want to have. But I do have that form because I see other people living that life. And that's so, they were born into that. So they don't know any life outside of that. Mm. So for me, I, I would know by God's grace, when I do get there, I would know what it's like on the other side. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, I have this fear of like, what if I never like, what if I never get there? Like right. people are experiencing these lives. Like the lives you see people have on TV, like it's real. It's not like yeah. people with these homes and these cars and it's real. Like people are really living this life. And yeah. it's just like, you know, so that's, that's a, a, a FOMO that I do have. But again, I feel like if you just work hard and then and I have to be okay with it not being that, you know, like, right. I'm not going to say like, if I never get there, then I feel like I feel that life. Mm. It's like, it would be good to like live that life that I desire to. But if that's not in God's will for me to have that, then it is what it is at the end of the day. And that's why it's very important to be content yes. with like where you are now, with the things that you have now, the people that are around you, not saying that you, you should be complacent, but like, if, if all was to fail, would you be okay with the things that you have now? Would right. you be okay with, you know, the people that you have around you? Like, I think yes. that's important and not always feeling like joy is on the other side, but not joy is where you are now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And you get to kind of like determine what things are going to affect you and what things you're not going to allow to affect you. Like, right. we do have control over our emotions and it is hard sometimes. Like if someone wants to slap you in the face, I can't say I will just be happy Right. I have control over my emotions, but I'm still a human being at the end of the day. So not trying to like go on a tangent, but. No, that's yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I do think we have that tension, right? Like we, you, mm-hmm. there are things that you desire. There's maybe specific financial goals or specific house goals or travel goals or whatever that you have. And I think now, again, that we are in this social media space that we can see yeah. it's like, no, this is not a bot account. Like this is somebody's real account. I don't know real what they're life. doing <laughs> to get real this, life. but uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that, right? <laughs> so, so I think there's always that balance balance of, you know, realizing the opportunities that are available to you, but also being content where you are now, having joy where you are now and knowing that, you know, things are great, material possessions are great, but at the end of the day, it's about who am I as a person and then how am I impacting the people that, you know, God has brought into my life. So, yeah, so I think, I think that is a great, uh, a great note to close out on because that is something that we definitely want everyone to remember and think about. For sure. Um, you know, I just really hope this is a blessing to a lot of you guys. And yeah. at the end of the day, man, like, you know, just try to make a promise to yourself, even if it's like a vow to yourself, like, no matter what, I'm just going to stay true to who I am. And a lot of people may not like that. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. may not agree. Um, and you have to ask yourself, like, will you be okay with that for the sake of your own happiness, for the sake of you feeling like you're fulfilling your purpose? And you may lose some people along the way, you know, like you may lose some friends, you know, you yeah. may lose some, God forbid, but you know, family members, like the people mm. who may be the closest to you may not agree all the time. And as a result, you know, you may lose some people. So I would just like, leave it there, but stay encouraged, you know, like whatever dream is on your heart, like definitely pursue it. 
Um, if you're at that nine to five and you're frustrated currently, you know, just encourage yourself and just tell yourself you're not going to be there forever. And, yes. you know, just work hard and just grind. Like, it's definitely a grind. After the nine to five, you may have to come home and work some late nights. You yep. know, it's not always a cakewalk, but as long as you have that tenacity, as long as you really just that consistency also to just continue striving. Um, I'm not guaranteeing how far I'm not right. like, you know, but there, there you'll definitely be a lot further than where you currently are. If yes. You just set yourself up to win. I can, yes. that I can guarantee you'll yes. set yourself up to win. So definitely. Well, thank you so much, Samson, for pleasure. being our guest today. This was amazing. So it's where can people find you and follow you? Uh, sure. If they have a film project that they want <laughs> you to work on. Yeah, sure. So our website is crewfilms.co. Uh, so that's C-R-U-E films.co. You can also follow us on Instagram. That's crewfilms. Um, C-R-U-E films. And then my personal Instagram is just my first and last name. That's Samson Benitu. Uh, I'm sure you'll have it somewhere in the description. Yes, I will put but, it in the show notes. So everybody yeah, so can you'll put it in the show notes. Yep. Um, yeah, so definitely give me a follow. If you are that person that's like, you know, you want to gain experience or you just have general questions about anything, I love to be a resource to people. Um, awesome. because I see the importance of that, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't really have that person to just ask questions to. So yeah. I definitely see the value in that. So if you have any questions regarding anything film, just business in general, if I can't answer it, I'll definitely, I'll answer it. If I can't answer it, I'm sure I know someone who can, um, so definitely don't be afraid to reach out. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Samson, for, for joining us. And we will um, be following you to see the next amazing projects that you have to for work sure. on. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye. Thanks so much, everyone. We will see you on the next episode. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know what you thought about today's show. If you enjoyed it, please give us a five-star rating, leave us a comment, and share with a friend. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy, and you can find me on Instagram at smccoyjoy. That's S-M-C-C-O-Y, joy. If you're a business owner in need of public relations or communications support, reach out to us at missionkeycommunications.com. We also want to hear about your confidence and creativity journey. Send us an email or DM with your story and you might be featured on an upcoming show. Until next time, show up confidently.